Patrick is currently acquiring water. Yeah, I, I didn't really... I, I agree with you that the first soundtrack for the first Spider-Verse is better. Yes. But I've been still listening to the second soundtrack a lot. And it's, I, it's, it's, like, it's, it's kind of like fun, like... It's like chill vibe music. Yeah, that's what well, that's what Varsha said where she's like it's very lo-fi and I think yeah. that Well, it's not your style as much, right? I like I mean I like the chill, you know, the like chill hip hop beats to mm. study to like that kind mm. of shit like is interesting, but I don't know, I just I found the like the entire soundtrack was like that mm. whereas like I felt you like know, one beat. In the first one it's like you have the what's it called? The Sunflower song. Love that one. Which is like more of a you know, low mm. profile kind of song. You know, memories. But then you get something like "What's Up, Danger" that sure. is more like you know, shits happening. You know, kind of you thing. know, one called "Memories" by Thut Mouse. Memories from the first or second one. The sec, the first one. Here, I'll play it memories. for you. Memories. We can cut it out memories. if we need to. Oh, yes, 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 yes. I don't, yes, know, yes, I don't yes, remember yes. what part of the movie it is. But yeah, I like, can't put my finger on where the hell that shows I think it might be he's like walking around like New York and it's like before school or something. I don't know. Yeah. We did. <clears throat> uh, yeah, I, I, I did that once. Spider-Verse. Um, what was I going to say? There's okay, something so on my mind. This is what it is. Okay. You could hate, you could hate Spider-Verse, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. watch it. And absolutely love it for the artwork alone. Mm-hmm. Absolutely amazing, absolutely amazing animation, breathtaking scenes, mm-hmm. different art styles Dude, that all work. Every frame is like a is like a you you stare at it and you're like, holy crap, that's incredible. Yeah, and yet you hate yeah. it. I didn't never said that. Why? None of us. Why not, I mean, that's what you let in with. Your eyes are tearing up. Are you? What's oh, it's just because I drank the Pepsi. Oh, I'm not used to fizzy drinks. Oh, okay. You let in with, you know, you could hate it, but love it for the animation and started going. No, I'm just saying you could hate it, but was. you should still like. Okay, here's the thing. If for nothing else, watch it for the art. But it's it, not, is, yes. it is breathtaking. But it's, yeah, for sure. The, for the, throughout the whole movie, I kept thinking to my and also not just like the art itself but the way they transitioned mm. and represented different scenes like mm. yes. the first the very first scene oh should I even I shouldn't spoil I mean they basically did in across the spider-verse what they did with into the spider-verse where it's like all the different characters from all their different universes have all the different art styles so it's like scarlet yeah. spider's got the kind of cg look mm. and then you know Freaking Miles has his thing and Spider Gwen yeah. on her. I like Spider. Planet. I love Spider Gwen's. It's kind of Spider like this, like was... it's like this watcolor painting. And yeah. it's like blue and it's pink. Exactly how her comics mm. look. Like really? they totally emulated that style where it's like it's like obviously illustrated, but like it's not so much the art necessarily. It's like I couldn't tell you if I had a gun in my head. I'd have to look it up. But like whoever did the coloring for the Spider Gwen comics, mm. like it is that like all the colors are like you know kind of like stretched almost and like that watercolor like washed out it's all mixed together yeah like and don't get me wrong and a lot of neon yeah sorry to cut you off there but don't get me wrong like the story was good the no, story was, was really good and even uh, we can't no we can't sh- talk did about we it. say spoiler alert already or no we, we were just sort of talking about it for, for like should briefly we say spoiler alert let's just not talk spoilers for now okay sure but yeah. talking about we can talk in general like because yeah. I, was, I was talking with you and like with patrick and to me it's like i just feel like the first movie was like paced in a different way. I just feel like the the second one is very like quickly paced in mm. comparison. It's like story beats are happening like within a millisecond of each other. It's like this happened and this happened, this happens. It's like a very quick. Yeah. And then the first one, it feels like it's more spaced out and it felt like more of a, I don't know, a less tight story. 
And I think a part of that is because they have a, a big story to tell and they wanted to, they have to split into two movies. That's how big of a story it is. And so I, I just felt like I like the way the first one is paced better. And as just like a start to finish movie, I feel like it just feels more cohesive. But it's still a, an amazing movie. And, and you're saying like, if not for anything else, then for the art. But like the story is great, like you're saying. No, and the like, story's good, yeah. And the music is, is, is cool. I was telling Maddie, I like the soundtrack a lot. Mm-hmm. Like, we were talking about how we personally like the first soundtrack better. Like we feel mm-hmm. like because the, the second one's kind of more like Maddie was talking about how it's kind of like a, lo- a lo-fi hip hop kind of very chill beats and stuff. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the if I listened to most of the soundtrack today and a lot of it feels like a similar tone. But the first one had a lot of different like feelings like mm. Sunflower was like a very upbeat like poppy song. R&B and then you had mm-hmm. like a song like What's Up Danger like Maddie was saying which is very like hip hop like you know. Mm. Anyway so. Yeah. Yeah the license shit I just think the first one does it better. The actual score I think both of them are like on par. I mean I didn't think there was anything that could like if you ask me is there a song that can compete with the Prowler's theme in the oh first one as like a badass theme I'd be like I don't know that'd be tough. And then Spider-Man 2099 O'Hara? shows up yeah. in his like synth thing pops dude, i'm like this is fucking I, dope i was so mad because i had heard that audio in memes so many times i heard it in memes yeah. i didn't even know what it, what it was from because a lot of the memes weren't even about spider-verse yeah it was just like a random meme with the what was the noise uh, yeah like yeah yeah, the yeah weird synth kind of thing. yeah yeah so as soon as it started playing like in my mind i was like meme and i was like damn i wish i hadn't seen that meme because it's such a dope sound but yeah. now i'm associating it with memes <laughs> see funny. the only scene that was like tainted for me because of memes oh, the, the, was <laughs> when miles this is not this is this is not a spoiler but at one point miles and gwen are like in talking his in his room kind of thing and she's talking to him and then sort of like <laughs> backflips out the window and then Miles runs up to the... I'm going to put this meme into the sure. episode. I have to. But Miles like runs up to the window to go see her. Mm. And in the movie, he just sticks his head out the window to you know see Gwen st- standing on the side of the building. But in this meme... You know what? I'm not going to explain it. Just yeah, put yeah. it up. I'm just going to put it up. Here it I'm is. just going to let it go. Here yeah, it is. Yeah. Anyways, nice. that scene was slightly tainted for yeah. me. Because as soon as that scene started <laughs> happening in the movie, I just mm. immediately thought of that mm. bit. And I just... It, you know, it yeah, made but me, it made me haha. So yeah. I, I talked to both of you guys today, and I think that like the more I process it, and the more I was two things. I was very tired yesterday, and I felt my eyes were really heavy, mm-hmm. and I was like already. It was a long day at work as well, mm-hmm. and there and was then, an annoying culture. And then there's this lady like screaming yeah. in the back, just like laughing really loud. Mm-hmm. And then also like Malcolm's like thing coming in late, and I was just kind of like, I think that in the moment I was like overwhelmed by how much shit was happening, and it's just, it, it felt like a more highly paced movie than the first one. And then so I slept on it and I woke up and I was like thinking back on all the different moments and I love all of it. And I'd even argue to say that it's like a more entertaining movie than the first one. Mm-hmm. I think a lot more cool shit happens uh, and it's visually yeah. really cool. So uh, yeah. I think it's I great. And um, I think I'm going to feel even better about it once I watch the second part. And then, yes. and then it's going to feel like a complete story. Because yeah, right now exactly. it just doesn't feel like it, it feels like it was very <clears> tight, <throat> but it wasn't like comp- it wasn't finished yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I watched the I rewatched the first one that day before we went to yeah. see it um, and I cried. Mm. Um, a lot of good moments in like the uh, the first time I watched it when uh, Uncle Aaron dies it was mm. uh, was that a spoiler up. oops I mean for Into the Spider-Verse five years ago. how many years ago now yeah. and then, and then watch it yet fuck you and then, his, and then Jefferson comes dad comes yeah yeah, he's yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah that was sad Spider-Man also I need uncles. to before we get into the episode I need to mm-hmm. say one thing we talked about this on the phone already but I need to I also make sure it's in the thing. mic um Telomerase is the end of chromosomes. I was right. Ladies and gentlemen, there were some inaccuracies Mm -hmm. in last episode's final topic. Um, Just the one other small thing. Uh, In the short term, the stress response boosts the immune system. 
Mm. That's the other small thing. But um, mm. yeah, if you guys hear anything <laughs> and you really care that much, you can reach sure. out to me and say, "Patrick, you're an mm. idiot. This was wrong. Mm. I won't. I won't care." Mark was right about the twelve. Tw- yeah, tw- big, telomeres. big, big hiccup. Tw- yeah, yeah. Tell yeah, telomeres. And yeah. I was. I was confusing it with spindle fibers. I don't know how. Mm. Yeah, I was thinking like you, that. Yeah, why didn't you say anything? Well, because Be more confident, bro. Because I said what telomeres are, like the ends of the chromosomes, and then you were saying something about during like cell division. And yeah, I was like, yeah, I didn't yeah. know t- telomeres were involved in like bringing, pulling things. I don't know what. I don't know where the brain fart came from. I like I don't. Well, know I, haven't, what I, was I haven't. I haven't like studied mitosis since like first year uni or second yeah. year. So I don't. I just didn't like. I, I was like that doesn't. It feel doesn't, right. Yeah. yeah. And even while I was saying it, I felt wrong. Sure. Mm. And it's not that I wasn't sure. It was. I, mm. It was that I felt wrong. I felt inside of me there was something telling me <laughs> <laughs> you're an idiot you. yeah. <laughs> but yeah uh, before we go week. because i won't belabor this uh because last week we had kind of a longer cold open and we belabor i barely know her we, <laughs> we've been going a little bit uh here but i just wanted to say i was talking to Vars the other day what and does that mean i don't know I, you've never heard that we, we, we do that sometimes yeah but okay I was talking to Varsh the other day about this and her and I came to a horrifying conclusion and I just wanted to bring this information to you guys and the rest of the world. Um, Popcorn's a vegetable. Yeah, corn. Yeah, corn. But isn't that horrifying? I didn't think about it like that, I guess, but it is. To think that popcorn's a vegetable? That's literally what it is. I know, but like, have you ever thought about it in that way? Eating it. But it's so so far removed that you can't really even call it a vegetable. I mean, like, originally it was a vegetable, but now it's like a whole other transform. But imagine going to somebody and being like... It technically is, but... it's so far. It's candy at this point. It's not something like a. It's not like you think of vegetables like a like a, a raw vegetable. It's like healthy, whatever. But like at this point, it's so far removed that no one even really thinks about it that way. Okay, know? no one thinks about it. But that I'm way, saying technically, of course, it's. But it is. literally is, and I just yeah. I had never considered that, and then I thought about it. Does that upset you? It does. Mm. Why? Because the idea that I could go to somebody and be like, "Hey, you want like vegetables?" and then hand them popcorn, and I'd be like, "Technically correct." It's like a, it's like a horrifying. You'd be an, you'd be an, you'd be an asshole. Yeah, also, <laughs> those aren't vegetables. If those I was going popcorn. to like a party and I was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna bring a veggie tray," and I showed up oh. with like a tray of popcorn, I feel like yeah. everyone would be happy. They'd that'd be, be like, "No, that'd be good." Imagine like caramel popcorn, mm. regular popcorn, mm-hmm. um, Dude, cheesy popcorn. You know yeah. what we should do? Mm. I've seen Instagram videos of like uh, people bringing like sh- different like charcuterie boards or whatever. Yeah. Where they have like, oh, one person has a McDonald's board and mm-hmm. they bring junior chicken, That's cheeseburgers, so fries. Cool. Another person brings like uh, a dessert, a cookie board. They have all these different delicious gourmet cookies. Yeah. And another per- uh, yeah, like we bring different boards. Yeah. I feel like a, a kind of like candy corn board would be not candy corn, but like pop, like different. Um, what popcorn do they call it? Charcuterie board. What do they call like the car- a caramel corn and like the different flavored ones? Yeah, what do there's they call cheesy them? one. There's you know when they you know they sell kernels? the different yeah kind of like when they sell flavored popcorn. Oh, oh like, like the store is named Kernels. Sure, but what do they call that kind of like candied popcorn? I don't, I don't know, I don't know if there's a it. name for it. Like there's just like you get like I, garlic parmesan popcorn. Yeah, yeah. Because I know like I know like caramel corn's a thing. So yeah. Like, diff- someone can have like a bunch of different flavored popcorn. Someone yeah. else brings cookies. Like that'd be, that'd cool. be fun. I just before we cut out here to <laughs> go to the intro. <laughs> How many times are we gonna go before? Just one more thing. Um, I was kind of in a sour mood before we started. Like oh, okay. with the whole like, should I even bring it up? I was in a sour mood. You guys know why? Yeah. But like I feel like my mood is like lightened a little bit. Since That's good. Well, there you thing, go. But yeah, thanks You're for welcome. the update. You're welcome. You're welcome. Um, yeah. Eat yeah. your vegetables, kids. Mm. Tell you that. Tell your mom you can eat popcorn for vegetables. Mommy. Welcome back to episode 14 of Wildly Adequate, the show about anything, everything, and usually nothing. Thank you for joining us today. If you like the show, please 
like, comment, subscribe, share it with a friend or an enemy if you hate them and you think this show sucks. Uh, I am once again one-third of your hosting crew. Beg harder for the likes. <laughs> Mr. Matthew Urso. Give us those likes. Uh, and I am joined again, as always. It's me, Patrick Fahim, Patricio. What's up, Mark? It's Was me, that? Mark. I, I, <laughs> what? I asked a couple weeks ago if I was too excited. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. You guys said no to me, mm-hmm. and I'm going to keep that energy level from you now do on. That. I think it's good. I just can't get myself. I think it sounds better. Yeah. And for the listeners, it's like, oh, that's Patrick. <laughs> like For me, it's like I, I can't get myself yeah. to be that excited. But I said Patricio there. Why did I say that? I don't know. You know what? You know, uh, um, FC Berlin, my old soccer team. Uh, a shout bunch out. of them called me. Shout out! Uh, a bunch of them called me that. That mm-hmm. was their nickname for me, Patrizio. Not the only thing they called you. Uh, Malcolm is once again not here because uh, he's a goon. I'm just gonna stop saying next week he'll be back because this <laughs> no, would be like we genuinely don't know. This would be like the third episode in a row I've said that. So he'll be back at some point. Uh, and that's all there is to it. Um, is that true? Like, will he actually be back? Yeah, we'll see. Can we even say that with confidence? <laughs> I don't know. Let's just say I like to hope so. So yeah, uh Malcolm. Um anyways, we got a show to do, folks, and I believe, Mr. Mark, you are taking us away. I am taking you away. I'm taking yeah. you far Take away. Take me away. <laughs> you still haven't decided. <laughs> no, I, I, I have it. <laughs> I have it. I'm the just second like, you did You know what I was thinking? Yeah, go I ahead. was thinking of like, should I uh, should I just throw in both? Because one's super short and one's a little bit longer. You could. But it just feels yeah, like I feel like just pick one, honestly. Like it doesn't matter if it's too yeah. short, I don't think. Okay. Yeah. So I'm going to do a topic here that, you know, mm-hmm. it's been something that's been on my mind since I was a kid, and um, that is rewatching movies. Mm-hmm. Okay, you made your yeah, decision. Yeah, <laughs> I've made my choice. <laughs> so as a kid, I would, like, rewatch movies like crazy. Like, especially, uh, there's a couple movies that I'd rewatch all the time. Mm-hmm. So, for example, Spider-Man 3 with Tobey Maguire. I watched that one over and over that. and over and over. I think it's because it was more, like... Exciting. When it, well, yeah, exactly. When it came out as well... I was like, well, can you, Maddie? What time? What? When did uh, Spider-Man three come 2008? out? Two thousand eight. Two thousand. Yes. Two thousand eight. So that's like prime time. I was like seven years old. So I was like, that was my shit. Mm-hmm. So I think Spider-Man two was like a little. I was like a little bit younger, maybe a little bit too young. But mm-hmm. by the time I was like, you know, seven or eight, and Spider-Man three came out, I was like, I was like the perfect age to start loving it. Mm-hmm. And I'd watch it every single day. You make fun of me for liking Spider-Man three. Well, I was a child. <laughs> Okay. But I don't think it's a, I don't think it's a horrible movie. I, mean, I haven't seen it in years. Yeah. But um, so I'd watch it every single day. My grandparents would come over and I'd make them watch it, and I'd make sure that they were looking at the. I would make sure that they were looking at the. I'd make sure they were looking at the screen. Yeah. If I was like, I'd be watching, and I've seen it a million times, so I know it beat by beat. And then I'd look off to the side and like I'd be like, Grandma, watch this, and she's watching it, and it's like the scene where uh, Mary Jane's like performing at the opera. Oh, okay. And I'm like, oh, look, yeah, and then and then she's like, and I'm watching and I'm watching, and I look off to the side, and she's kind of like looking over at my grandpa's <laughs> talk. So like she's talking to my grandpa and I'm like and I'd pause it and I'd rewind where I was so annoying I'd do that all the time I'd be like no you gotta watch it wow so there was that I would movie. hate you yeah I'd hate me too and then there was um, The Incredibles mm-hmm. Finding Nemo certain movies where I just watch every single day yeah now that I've grown up I feel a little bit differently about it I feel like there are certain movies that I can rewatch albeit way more infrequently than I used to when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. But then there are other movies that are painful to rewatch. Mm-hmm. Even if they're like good movies, like if I watch a movie on Monday, I feel like I have to give myself, you know, at least a few days before I could even think about rewatching it. But when I was a kid, sometimes I'd watch the same movie twice in a day. Yeah. You know, every Straight single up. day. So it's like the, the way I've been thinking about it has changed. 
but still I am a I'm a fan of rewatching movies that I like, mm-hmm. especially if it's been like a year. Like there are certain movies that I watch kind of annually. Mm-hmm. Matt, are you listening? Yeah. <laughs> part part of it part of what I think it is is when we, we were younger. Yeah. Um, movies were less accessible, and for me, I had VHS tapes growing up, mm. and part of the rewatching was yeah, like I have what I have. Yeah. But with the internet and Netflix and all mm. these streaming services coming up and just pirating stuff, honestly, online, you get old enough, you just decide, like, hey, I'm just going to watch it for free or whatever. Um, I think maybe that's sort of... It feels less special, I guess. Like, it feels like when you have when you only have a handful of DVDs or VHS tapes or whatever, mm. it's like, that's all you got and it feels, like, precious and you love them. Mm-hmm. But if you have, like, all the choice in the world, it starts to become kind of, like, your your care levels decreased. Yeah. So you're it's not like, what, like, am I going to watch this again? It's... Uh, yeah, I have other options. Part of or it, part of I hear what you're saying, and what I was trying to allude to, or the point I was trying to make, was that it's literally the case that you have a limited mm. inventory. So sure. it's more of like you're a, bound to rewatch. Is more what of I was trying to say it's more of a logistical problem. Exactly, but with the internet, obviously that problem is surmounted. Mm. Um, so what I want to ask you guys basically is yeah. like. How did you feel about rewatching movies when you were a kid? Is, was it a similar thing to me where I'd watch, you know, you'd watch the same movie every day they, or yeah. or like, and then also how do you feel about it now? Because like I said, there are certain movies as an adult that I'll still watch like, you know, a couple times a year. Mm-hmm. Like Coraline is one that I watch at least twice a year, every single year. Mm-hmm. And I don't get bored of it. But there are some movies, like I said, I can watch them and like thinking about rewatching them, I'm like, oh God, I don't want to re- rewatch that. Yeah. Even movies where like, that I love. Yeah. I just like, I don't know. When, uh, I, when yeah. I was a kid, uh, Beethoven was what I'd watch. The, the dog one? The dog one, yeah. Mm. is uh, Those movies is what I would watch Maddie's head pretty is religiously. Maddie's head is pressed against you the microphone like of disappointment. I just have all the movies. Hey, I was a kid, what do you want from me? But, uh, wow. Also, I thought it was Beethoven. Is it? Be- Beethoven? Beethoven? I thought it was just Beethoven. I just said Beethoven. 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 What or, am I saying? You're like Beethoven or something. Be- whatever. Just, you're saying it more like uh, Beethoven. You threw some spice on it. I did. Okay. It's probably more correct, actually. But I, I, I have no idea. So. No, just, probably no, not. I think it's just Beethoven. He was German as shit. That was just Beethoven. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but where was I going? You, you guys cut me off. You watched right? Beethoven a lot as a kid. No, but I was gonna go somewhere with it. Oh. About uh, oh, with regards to watching movie, rewatching movies now, mm. I actually despise that idea. It's like mm. there's so many movies to watch. Yep. Why rewatch? Like especially when you guys, and I'm gonna out myself here. When you guys say, "Oh, I'm gonna put the Batman on the wheel," it's like, yeah, don't put the Batman on. No, watch something new. Well, here's the thing. It's like, like I said, there are, there are certain movies that I love so much and I appreciate so much that like, I can, I, I I'll never get sick of it mm. unless I like. Can to I a jump degree. in? Sorry. Yeah, yeah. I just want to. Sorry, just wanted to jump in and just clarify. The wheel is something we have as a group of friends. <laughs> oh, yeah. Where we put movies on it, and every time we like decide we're going to watch a movie, we pick from like a random selection of that wheel, mm. and we put new movies every time. So yeah. that's what the wheel is for the audience. Yeah. Go on, Mark. Yeah, I don't know. It's like you were saying, like, why rewatch when you have so many new movies that you could be watching? Yeah, like we have so many options. We want to we want to watch so many new things. Well, I'll give you one answer. Like yeah. sometimes you just want a comfort movie, just like how you would want to rewatch like a comfort show, like a sitcom or something. Yeah. You just throw it on in the background That's while folding laundry or doing whatever. So there are certain movies where I'm like, I miss this movie. I'm just gonna throw it on and feel comfy. Just watch like the other night, uh, my girl and I watched Kung Fu Panda. I love that. Love movie. Kung Fu Panda. I, I, haven't, love... I haven't seen it in, in a long time, and I was yeah. like, I love this movie. I've seen it a million times, but yeah. I just it's it's an enjoyable, fun, like relaxing experience. It's, just, yeah. it's a good time. No, I, I agree with what you're saying. Like, I'm not trying to advocate for never rewatching movies, mm. but yeah, as I've grown older, I just I don't. It's not as appealing to me anymore. Mm. But you know, there's there's different 
I guess scenarios like the comfort thing you said, if it's Christmas time and you want to watch, yeah, rewatch Christmas movies. Sure, I think that's a part of it. And then also yeah. uh, something that I want to bring up that we haven't brought up yet, and um, I'm curious to hear Maddie's opinion as well, but is like time is more precious to us now. Mm-hmm. Now that we have, like, we're you know we're adults, we got stuff to do, we got jobs, we got school, we got X, Y, and Z. We have other responsibilities. Mm-hmm. So as a kid, you have like you know all the time in the world to do whatever you want. And so you, but now it's like, since it's time is so precious, it's like most movies now are at least two hours, you know, unless you're watching like an animated movie, it's like an hour and a half or whatever. Most movies are going to be at least two hours. And it's like, do I want to spend two plus hours on this movie that I've already seen and experienced? Or do I want to experience something new with my, with my limited time? Mm. You know? Yeah. I hear that. But yeah, definitely like seasonal movies is a thing too. Mm. Like every Christmas watching your favorite Christmas movies or whatever. Yeah. But I'm talking like excluding that just movies that you like, do you like rewatching movies now still? Because to me, it's like certain movies I do, certain movies I don't. And mm-hmm. I don't know what that, that what differentiates those things. Certain movies I just feel like are comfort movies to me. Mm-hmm. And then other movies that I love so much and I want to show to other people. Like when I watched Arrival, I watched it by myself. And then I wanted to show it to you guys. So I threw it on the wheel. And then like I wanted to watch it with my girl as well. So I, I watched it. So it's like there are certain movies that like I want to spread to people. Yeah. Uh, and that's and that's a motivation. And then other times, like I said, it's just like a comfort thing. Yeah. The thing is, I don't watch movies as much as you guys. The only time I actually really watch movies for the for the past, I think this is the statement is true for the past like three, four years has been with you guys. You Either mean, the wheel or movie theater. You've never seen the movie. Like, uh, you just don't watch movies. At home. I just don't really watch movies by myself huh. or at home or I don't. Often. I haven't been doing that for the past. I don't for I don't know how many years mm. unless it's like Christmas and it's like we're you watching Home sure. Alone or something. Yeah. Hey, how about you? What was your what was your like childhood? What was your childhood <laughs> relationship with rewatching movies, and what's it like now? I have not been paying attention. All- no, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> as a kid, I mean, yeah, there were like definitely kids' movies that I rewatched over and over and over and again. What are, what are your top picks? Also, Space Jam is one of mine, by the way. <laughs> Space Jam. I don't know. Like, it was a lot of like Pixar stuff and some Disney mm. stuff that I just watched as a kid, like all the time. But even when I was. I mean, it was just with anything. Like, even I watched Saving Private Ryan for the first time when I was like. I don't know, I was still in elementary school or something because I was like such a World War II dork when I was a kid. You're such a deviant. And that was a movie that like I would watch just over and over again. So that's an interesting one because it's very dark and depressing right? and long. But it was just so like fascinating to me as a mm-hmm. kid being like this is so interesting that like I just couldn't get enough. Now it's a thing where there are certain movies I rewatch in two different ways. Like... I still have cable at home because okay. my dad's a madman and refuses to give up cable because he just likes the like yeah, kind Netflix? of comfort. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they, they, the have, they have a streaming platform. Reliability of it. Um, and like because of that, there are certain movies that like when they're on TV, if I'm like not doing anything and just mm. sort of bumming around, I always watch. Like Forrest Gump is one of those movies mm. that like every single time it's on TV, doesn't matter how far in it is. Sure. If it's if I'm flipping through channels and it's on and I'm like just sitting around, I'm like but are there ads? Yeah, like the commercials and stuff. Mm. But even if I'm like not even paying that close attention and I'm just putting something on in the background, like mm. that's a kind of movie I'll watch all the time. There's favorites of mine I watch a lot. Like Jaws is my favorite movie ever. Yeah. So I watch Jaws like every so often. Mm. Or like Predator, which I love. And especially because Predator is like an hour and a half. Or yeah. A little longer than that. So it's like that's you a short. You watch at the cottage. Exactly. That's like a short in and out one that I watch 
kind of regularly. So, so, so the short the short of it is that you do like rewatching movies that are like your favorites every once in a while, but just not like yes. super frequently. Or like you know, I watch probably like Civil War and Infinity War in sure. terms of the MCU stuff. Probably like once a year, I watch both of those at some point, mm. kind of during the year, just because I love the shit out of those two. The Batman is going mm. to become one of those movies. I've only that seen it like once, once by the way. a year. So I watch. Long, bro. Well, it's like three hours, so it's a yeah. commitment. But what I was going to get into with what you guys were saying is what I agree with, which is. The idea of, I don't know if you gentlemen are familiar with it, but we call it the opportunity cost, which is, <laughs> you know, every opportunity taken is infinite opportunity lost kind of thing. Um, and that's the way I feel about a lot of the media that I engage with, where it's like every time I'm rewatching a movie or, you know, watching reruns of The Simpsons for the thousandth time, or I play Bioshock, my favorite game, oh, yeah. once every single year, same, and Infinite. Infinite as well. So, same day, the same month? What? Bioshock? No, it depends. Sometimes I'll play it, like, you know, like it changes. There's no, like, set time to it. But every time, or, like, you know, it's been long enough now that, like, I want to reread Invincible again mm. from start to finish. But the problem is every time I do something like that, there's a part of me that's thinking, yeah, it's great that I'm watching Jaws right now, which I love so much, but there are so many movies that I haven't seen that I want to see that yeah. I could be watching right now that I'm not. And that's the sort of like where the opportunity cost comes into play. Mm. Sometimes it bugs me enough to the point that I don't like, I don't know what the comics thing, for example, it's like I don't reread a lot of comics anymore because I've got. I don't even I couldn't even count how many things I've got sitting on my shelf that mm. I just haven't gotten to yet. So I'm always like trying to just keep reading new shit and just keep pushing mm. forward. Video games is a similar way, but I think the reality at the end of the day when it comes to rewatching movies or like reengaging with any art form is you kind of just have to do what you want to do with like not limiting yourself mm. cuz like when Resident Evil 4 remake came out earlier this year a few months ago, Played that, loved it, had a blast with it, mm. and I was like, kind of in the mood for more Resident Evil Four. <laughs> so I just went and replayed the original Resident Evil Four again, which I had already played a couple years ago, mm. and I just replayed it again. And it was something where it took me probably like fifteen to twenty hours, and mm. it was like I could have put fifteen to twenty hours into like. Mm -hmm solar ash or dishonor 2 or like any of these games that like i've got sitting that i've paid for or dead space like sure. you know we'll get to dead space later teaser mm -hmm. um so it's like it's You're just a scumbag. thing i am <laughs> so it's just a thing where it's like i think rewatching movies you kind of just have to decide for yourself if you you know like i get there's the idea of i'd rather be doing or i should be watching something new but at the same time you kind of just like you just kind of got to do what you want to do. The biggest incentive for rewatching a movie and that doesn't make it feel like a waste is watching it with someone who hasn't seen that movie exactly. before. That's a big sure. one. That's, that's like a, a big one. Like I said, to me, and it's like loving a movie and wanting to share it with people. That's yeah. one. Two, having like a comfort movie where I'm not like necessarily trying to be like super engaged with it. I'm just like, you know, watch it passively. Yeah. And then three, my favorite movies ever that I, I like to regularly rewatch. Those are the three main reasons why I'd want to rewatch movies. Mm -hmm. Other than that, if it's a movie that I liked, but I didn't love enough that I wanted to like show it to everybody mm -hmm. and it didn't become my favorite, one of my favorite movies that I want to rewatch all the time. And it, and it didn't really become like a comfort movie of mine. Then it's like, I'm not going to rewatch it really. Yeah. yeah. I don't know how much more you guys want to add to this, but I want to take us not on a much. tangent. 
I'm just kidding. Go ahead. <laughs> oh, okay. Just a tangent here. Um, with the most recent girl I was talking to, we we tried watching Spider Verse. The, the most recent model. Oh, I didn't mean to make it sound like that. <laughs> no, no, I'm just kidding. Okay. Um, so we tried watching Spider Verse. Yeah. She's ma- she made a weird comment. Mm. Um, is she gonna we watch, watch this? it? Huh? She's not gonna know about this, is she? Even if she does, I'm not saying something bad. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> I thought you were about to lead into something like, oh, like she said something. No, no, even if she... Uh, she said this weird I don't, hide, I don't hide anything. <laughs> I haven't hidden anything from her, but... Um, she, so she said this, she made this weird comment, and we talked about it a little bit, but we were watching the movie on Netflix Party, and we watched a portion of the movie, which, first of all, and I've made this clear to her, Maniac. Insanity. Can't do that. Insanity. I mean, I don't, pe- for people who who get up during movies to go to the bathroom yeah. miss parts of the movie. How do you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. People who are like... And, the, and they don't pause it for some reason. Like, oh, I'm tired. Let's watch another day. They, what? I've done that once <laughs> with Princess Mononoke. I was, oh, the one, yeah. I was the one that initiated that. And I'm so sorry bad. for that. And I'm sorry for that. But Dirt person. Um, yeah, so... Why did I bring that you up? Oh, yeah. Weird, weird comment. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So we watched a portion of it. And at, like later that night before I went to bed, uh, we like talked on the phone. And she was like, oh, you weren't really texting me a lot like on Netflix party while we were watching it. Why, what's the point of even watching it together then? Oops. And, I, and I was like, what, I was like, what do you movie? mean? I was like, we're experiencing the movie together. That's the point. Like we're, And then we can talk all we want <laughs> afterwards. <laughs> you know, it's interesting. But she was like, yeah. I was texting you more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was like, I was texting you more and like you weren't really reciprocating. And first of all, I, I, was, just, I was sending some messages here and there, but mm. she's, she didn't buy it. But either way, I was just trying to say to her that the point is we're experiencing it together. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So here's what I'm going to say about this. Go ahead. Because I've been watching a lot of movies with my girlfriend on like, not on Netflix party, but we'll just be like three, two, one play and we'll play on Netflix at the same time. Yeah. Just like, and like for me, I've basically been doing this thing where like, she's very, like she doesn't really watch that many movies. And so like all of my favorite movies, she's never seen any of them. Mm. She's never seen any of like, Never seen Blade Runner. Never seen any any like Tarantino movies. Never seen any like any Tarantino none. movies. And, and I, I introduced. I've watched so many with her now, and like she's she loves them a lot. Yeah. And like Wes Anderson. I've, like, How do you know she's just not saying? She's just like, she could <laughs> just be saying that. Because sometimes I'll show her a movie and she was like, eh. Oh okay. Like I showed her Uncut Gems. She wasn't really crazy. Because I feel like if you preface some movies with, like this is a great movie, like she'll feel pressured not to like. I understand bash that. On it, yeah. Right? But anyway, so we we have a list. Some of her movies, most of them mine. Cause she's like, yeah, I just want show me whatever you want to show me. And like sometimes because I know them, most of the movies I watch with her, I, I'm rewatching because mm-hmm. I'm like introducing movies to her that I that I love. Yeah. And I'll find lulls in the movie to like make a comment, say a fun fact about the movie or about this actor, about this improvised scene or whatever, or just like have a com- have like a, a little conversation with her because mm-hmm. I know which parts are like, you know, not as important. Like mm-hmm. no dialogue's being said, no plot points have like nothing's moving forward. It's just kind of like you know a wide shot, and they're like kind of moving around, whatever. Yeah. So like I know when when to do that, and I'll talk a little bit. Yeah. But she's she's the type to like, I'll be like, is everything all right or whatever? She's like, yeah, no, I'm just like I'm, I'm enjoying the, I'm watching the movie. I'm enjoying the movie. Oh, okay. So, so she she doesn't she doesn't really like want to have a conversation, engage. which is normal. Yeah, yeah. I'm more of the kind of talkative type. So you're like the girl I just referenced. Not, not completely, not completely, okay. because to me it's like I would never be like, oh, like why aren't you talking more? Well, she wasn't. Uh, okay, you know what I'm saying? I, I or like, wanna, oh, yeah. like I wouldn't bring it up to her and be like, oh, like why are you not talking? It's like, yeah, I was just curious. I was like, is everything cool? Because she was like quiet for a while. I was like, yeah. yeah, I'm just like enjoying the movie and watching yeah, the movie. Yeah, yeah. So to me, it's like, yeah. On the, the, the option, she does hear this. I just want to make sure she understands <laughs> that I'm not trying to mischaracterize. <laughs> sure. She wasn't upset about yeah, it or anything. Yeah. She was just, it was just like a. 
covering his ass. A comment. Oh, yeah. uh, I refuse to watch movies like online virtually with people anymore because it's such a shitty experience. I don't know it's how actually you guys not, do it. It's actually... I hold on, wait, 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 wait. Don't, don't say how you guys not do even. it as if I do it on a regular basis. No, but if, the, if, if, we're, if we're getting to the point that you're watching a movie with someone and you're not having a conversation with them, then what's the difference between them sitting with you ne- watching No, I hear them? what he's saying, though, because it's like there's the, the chat bar is there. No, but I'm talking. I'm, I'm talking about not Netflix party. I'm talking about watching a movie online with someone, but you're not like do- using one of those streaming services. You're just both on Netflix, and you go three, two, one, go play, and then you're just watching it on Netflix. Oh, like to me that eliminates the problem. I don't oh, know why. Okay. Netflix party is such a shitty. I-, I was thinking about this. I was like, I understand that like people who can't watch together in person, whatever, do that. Yeah. But the bar's in the way, and sometimes like the syncing isn't very good, and then it has to like buffer and then yeah. sync, especially with like the Disney Plus watch party. It sucks. And then we were like. At some point, we were like, you know what? Let's just do three, two, one, go. I'm like, okay, I'm at zero seconds. So you're telling me that that whole story you told us, when you said I message her sometimes, it was I was imagining a chat. No, 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 like no. Like you just no. I'm on the phone. To... We're on the phone. We're on a phone call. Oh, the whole time watching the movie. That how does that work? She, I just put her on speaker, and she's just on my phone call. And she's I'm on like we're just. Where does the audio come out of then? My phone. I'm watching on my TV. Yeah, so she can hear your TV. Audio. No, no. Because I, I keep it like at a medium level, okay. and like my my phone just automatically filters out, like my, my I'm I'm like it's up to it's like close to me, and I'm like and I can't hear her audio or like barely hear her audio, and she said she can't really hear mine because like I don't blast it. I go like low to medium level, and I also put I also put subtitles on as well. Okay, this entire conversation is proof to me about why watching movies is like <laughs> doing watching movies this way is just I can't do it because yeah. I know like when COVID was going on and sort of the like we embryonic stage yeah. of mm. our like wheel thing was us like kind of watching movies online like that I know we watched the movie like Interstellar that way but that we, was the first time I've ever seen it and it was like cool whatever but I'm like you know what I would have rather done yeah like watch Interstellar in the room with you guys yeah and all had the like holy but, uh, shit moments together I... instead of seeing a text message pop up Holy shit! Mm. That was yeah, awesome. You're right. You're like right. I just don't think. Can I come clean, please? I fell. I fell asleep during Indiana Jones. That's I, great. I did not. I was watching it, and I was like, I wasn't really into it. I, I fell, I, I fell I asleep when they were in you, Egypt. I think I was talking to you about it. I think we were both like, eh, I don't really want to. I don't really. Want, I, I don't know. I the, never did that. I don't know if it was you or Malcolm, but I remember it was, it was definitely. But was it Malcolm? I don't know. But I, just, I just remember it watching it and being like, I was. I was just kind of excited about this, but I was like, kind of let down a little bit. All time classic. Yeah. Uh, it's whatever. Though. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah i just i don't know i whatever to your, right. to your to conclude your side tangent here patrick i just i can't do the like online movie yeah thing. yeah and also like i love spider-verse i love the first one so i was just trying to re-experience the movie and and i wasn't getting upset when she was like messaging and like i was fine with it but i don't know it's just one of those things where it's like my response again is why watch at all if we're not going to text each other to experience the movie together yeah. simple as that anyways uh, do you want to add anything to this topic, or are we? No, that was about it. All right, uh, rewatching see, movies. The only see other, you guys. The only, th- the only thing I want to say. Yeah. I'm just gonna throw out the other topic because it's like literally a, it could be a two second thing. Mm. Uh, no, don't, don't. I won't do it because I'm not gonna use it any other time. But okay, let's just cold open it next time. Okay, sure. Cut all this out. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I never want to rewatch again? Die Hard. Patrick, go ahead. Oh, when I was a kid, so Maddie brought up how he watched Saving Private Ryan yeah. constantly as a kid. Mine was Die Hard 2. Mm. Die Harder. Die Harder. Literally, literally the name of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that one takes was. place in an airport. <laughs> Hell yes. gotta, I'm going to put that on the Anyways, you please do don't. Okay. So, um, my topic's a little more serious, I guess. Mm-hmm. Not that yours was lighthearted, 
I, it was neutral. Your topic was neutral. I'd, I'd say. say it wasn't like super lighthearted, but also it wasn't like super deep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mine's not going to be super deep, but just to, I guess, paint the picture, the stem of this topic or the root of this topic came a few months ago. Let's call it maybe six months ago. I was on the phone with Adriano. Uh, you know, we were just catching up. Adriano, by the way, is a friend of ours who's playing professional soccer in Poland. Shout Dedicated out. listener, I hear. He, mm. he, he, he is. Shout so out, Adriano. We love you. Shout out, Adriano. thinking about you and your slim, nimble body. Oh, Anyways. Oh, yeah. so gross, bro. Go on, Patrick. <laughs> slim, nimble body. But yeah, so uh, we were talking, let's call it six months ago. and um, Let's call it five months. Let's call it five months. <laughs> Fuck it. Let's call it four months. Mm. No, but uh, basically the topic of the conversation was just the f- i guess your calling in life mm. to put it broadly um because and i'm still kind of in this boat i don't really know where i'm headed with regards to my career i guess we can say quote unquote and he said this phrase to me which i want to discuss a little bit with you guys he said he said imagine money wasn't an issue what would you be doing if it weren't mm-hmm. okay and ever since he brought that up i you know i thought like i'd think about it it would come to my mind and slowly slowly i'd reflect and i'm gonna say two broad points about that sort of thought exercise firstly i found so far that my answer has changed over time like it's not one thing yeah and it's with that consideration it's almost like it's hard to it, i'm not saying it's a bad litmus mm. it's it's i'm not saying it's a bad way of trying to decide where you want to be in life or where you want to go because clearly like if we're going to take Adriano as an example he's pursuing what he th- what he believes is his calling in life sure um and he's like 100% dedicated to that which 100% or like all the respect to him kind of thing. Yeah. But for me, I've been trying to apply the same philosophy that he's f- applying in his own life. And I'm just not grounded to one thing like he is. Me neither. Well, so the, the thing is, yeah, sorry, go ahead. No, no, I, I've, t- I've hogged the mic long enough. Yeah, no, no, I was just going to say like to me, to me with certain, th- like I, I have, to me, I've found the kind of career that I think I would really enjoy. Mm-hmm. But like, I don't know that I'm going to like, who knows what's going to happen until I start it, you know? Yeah. Like maybe when I start it, I'll be like, I like this, but I don't like it as much as I thought. Maybe I want to switch to something else. Mm-hmm. Who knows? But yeah. like to me, it's like I personally believe that I'll, I'll really like being a teacher. Yeah. But the, but there's certain things where it's like the exercise of if you didn't have money as a problem or so to, to think about what would you want to do. It's like with him, he's been sure for a very long time that this is what he wants. To, he wants to pursue professional soccer for you know he's, he's been sure of that for a long time. Yes. Yeah. So unless it's unless it's something that you've been sure about for a very long time, like you said, your answer is going to keep changing. So there really is no way to know what your calling is until it calls to you literally. Like until until you experience different things and then you mm-hmm. like find it naturally. There's yeah. no like if you don't know it now, you might you you probably just can't you can't predict it until you just try You've different things more, and then yeah. you like and then you f- maybe you try three to four different things and then the, the fifth thing is your you find out is your true calling or yeah. whatever. Yeah. The other thing I wanted to bring up was another problem I found with this thought exercise is and this is the answer currently I have is okay. If what would you do if you ha- if money wasn't an issue? My answer right now is nothing. Travel the world, no, <laughs> travel the world, 
go to as many places I, as I can. Yeah. S- like see as many sites as I can. But it's not a job to and, just to go and, around. And, and that's what yeah. I'm going to, that's what I want to bring up is it's not feasible and it's, it's sure it's cool. Like I came up with that answer, but there's no way for me. Currently, I don't see a way for me to act on that kind of thing. Well, but obviously it's, when he, when they say like, when he says, um, if money wasn't an issue, what would you be doing? Yeah. He means like in the kind of like, I don't know. Yeah, I know what you're saying, but yeah. he's, he's obviously referring to in the kind of like like job produ- kind of being thing. being productive sense. Yeah, in the kind of like doing something, you're you're producing something, mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. something coming from you, as opposed to you're just like going around like experiencing stuff. Yeah, it's like no, like what are you going to be doing? Because yeah, going around and like going new places and that, it's not like you're actually like something's like coming out of your energy and you're producing something. It's that you're just like just looking and observing. Mm-hmm. It's like what would actually come from you type thing. Yeah, I hear what you're saying. I hear what you're saying. I've got uh, the perfect job for you, Patrick. <laughs> you got to be a flight attendant. A flight attendant. <laughs> Travel the world. Um, Archeolo- and then archaeologist. Mm-hmm. One, Indiana Jones. One last problem I've sort of uh, reflected on with regards to thinking about this hypothetical is take somebody who thinks about you know, their life without money and they say musician, for example, or they say actor. The last sort of consideration is you can't base it solely on, at least in my opinion, is you can't base it solely on what you want because you can't always have what it is you want kind of thing. Does that make sense? Like, not everyone can be an actor, for example. We'll just stick with the acting example. And you decide, okay, if money was an issue, I would be acting, Mm -hmm. right? But you just, there's just some people who it's, doesn't come to it's, them. It's, it doesn't come to them. It's not it. It's well, I guess you'd it's have, not in their wheelhouse kind of thing. So I guess you'd have to also consider, you know, competency and skill in terms of like you have to combine it with the. It can't just be pure desire. It has to be like what you, what you're what are you actually skilled at? What what are you like naturally mm-hmm. gifted at? And it uh, yeah, and this sort of statement, sort of brings up the idea of can anyone do anything? And I don't know what you guys, what your opinion on that is. Do you guys want to? I don't. I don't think that's no. Yeah, I don't think like you said with acting is a good example, or singing is a better example because it's like you either have a good voice or you don't, or you don't. You can you can get like a vocal coach and get a little bit better, Mm -hmm. but you can't go from like a horrendous voice to like an incredible voice. It's Mm -hmm. like certain things are just naturally there. Yeah, and you know, same with acting. Like some people will just never be able to like act Mm -hmm. convincingly. For me, the thing with can anyone do anything? I feel like it sort of presumes, like to say, oh. You can do anything if you put your mind to it. Mm. It presumes that the one variable to success is working hard. Yeah, which is not the case. And it, it just can't be the case. What what other thing in life can we boil down to one variable like that? It's, yeah. it's, 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 it just doesn't like add up in my head. Um, and yeah, so and that's the, the last sort of thing with this sort of hypothetical is I feel, I feel like it sort of... Ignores limitations. Ignores limitations in a way. Uh, do you guys have anything to add with regards to criticisms or? I mean, I have an answer. To what you would want to be doing if money was an issue? Well, I, yeah. my answer to answer? calling and calling without money is the same. Making movies? Pretty much. It just to create stuff. Oh, okay. That's like my calling. And if you said money's oh, not oh, an oh, issue, you're calling. Yeah. money's not an issue, what would you be doing? It'd be like same answer, create stuff. Yeah. And now I don't have to worry about like. Mm. That's admirable. I mean, Adriano has the same thing where it's like whether money is an issue or not his answer is soccer 
whether money is an issue or not, you found your calling. You want to create media. You want to create, yeah. which is, again, admirable. I haven't really found that sort of thing for myself. And yeah. Mark, I don't know. It sounds well, like you haven't either, but... I, well, I, I feel like I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like I'd, I'd, I've entered a profession that I feel like I'm going to really like. Mm-hmm. But to say that it's like my true calling, I don't know for sure. Yeah, not yet. And, and I feel like f- for a lot of people, they might try to like, and I'm not saying this is the case with you or Adriano, Maddie, but like, I feel like some people they'll just be like, okay, I, this is my calling, and they just want to like latch on to whatever it is, just to like get make themselves like calm down, like feel comfortable, mm-hmm. like okay, I'm, this is what I'm doing, and this is my true calling. But then they find out that it's not, and they switch or whatever, mm-hmm. and that's okay. But to me, it's like I don't want to like, I don't like firmly committing, being like this is exi- this is my 100 percent my true calling, because I know that things change. Yeah. Like I, I'm gonna grow up more, and I'm gonna change my mind about certain things. I'm gonna change my opinions. I'm gonna be a different person than I am now. Yeah. So I'm not sure. And I think I, I relate with you in terms of like, um, what was I going to say? I don't know what I was going to say, but yeah, sorry. Yeah. You, so you just to build on just one last leg of the conversation, I tried thinking about it in a different like sense. And I think Adriana was trying to get at something differently than what I like was thinking with the first points I raised. I think the question is meant to get you to address what it is you want. Okay. And after considering, like, the competency aspect, after considering, after you isolate what it is you want, it's then from there you need to think of ways to make it happen kind of thing. So, for example, the traveling thing that I brought up, this is the essence of maybe what I want my life to look like. Okay, now it's up to me. Like, what I'm trying to say is the thought exercise is simply meant to I think, boil down the essence of what it is you want. Now, how to get there is easy. It's, it's an easier task to think of the plan to how to get there yeah, because you've mapped out the destination kind of thing. But the thing with you for like traveling, for example, yeah. that doesn't necessarily have to boil down to a job. It could just be it like, have to, yeah. it could just be that your job is like, you know, you don't have to work insane hours or maybe you get like summers off, whatever it is, and that's you the, have more yeah. time for vacations or exactly. whatever. Exactly. It, it, you can, and that's what I'm saying. Like, so I thought, it, I thought it, we were limiting ourselves to like, you know, occupational, uh, occupationally, because what yeah. you're saying is not, like traveling isn't just like a job. Mm-hmm. Like, so I thought, if you're, if we're talking about like how to get there, yeah. well then it doesn't really have to necessarily rely on your, your job. But even, but even, even with regards to like you, you don't have to think about it too one dimensionally like mm. for example if your final goal or your essence or mm. what you want to see from your life or how you want to live your life is i want to be traveling way more often then maybe it's a thing of okay how can i get there maybe it's one of those things where okay i need to have a remote job that's the first thing mm. and if i have a remote job then i have the freedom to be or maybe my job just l- involves traveling a lot. maybe my job involves traveling it could be a number of things but see my point yeah. is once you decide where it is you want to be your brain starts thinking of ways to get there um, but to me the to me the ultimate problem for a lot of people yeah. including like for for a long time what i felt about myself and how i still partly feel about myself is yeah. that like i don't know what i want and that's the thing that's so exactly that, so what then, it is yeah. yeah that's that that's the first thing you need to tackle and just to end off here um with regards to your brain thinking of ways of like doing things, this doesn't really relate, but it's just um, something that came to my mind as well that um, emulates the same sort of idea. I'm reading this book called Rich Dad Poor Dad, which is a pretty famous book. And one of the things he says in it as well is the difference between 
the rich mentality and the poor mentality. He doesn't say this verbatim, but the essence of what he's saying is the difference between someone who's like a rich mentality versus a poor mentality is how they talk to themselves about money. Like, for example, he says his poor dad, quote unquote, says stuff like, oh, I can't afford this versus his rich dad says stuff. How can I afford this? And I know like you hear this stuff from motivational speakers and it's kind of corny, but it's I think it's true like you need to sort of rewire your brain through your words your like your speech and your thoughts literally are what construct your reality so just to bring us back to the topic at hand like find out what i understood from adriano and i think this is i think i'm done reflecting on you know the hypothetically posed me is figure out what it is you want and then your brain will start thinking of ways in which you can achieve it. And to the point of like singing, for example, you're, we made good points and like, you can't always have what you want, but yeah. it can boil down to something even more simple, which could be like music. Mm. So it doesn't like, like bro, you'll like, find a way is what I'm trying to say. Like, yeah. Like yeah. You, whether you can get, if you can't exactly get what you want, at least you can have it be incorporated into something else that you like. Yeah. Yeah. Like if you want to be, if you love just traveling, and there's no there's no job as traveler, it's not a job. Mm -hmm. But like even Maddie was joking around saying like, oh, like be like a, a flight attendant. Like that's a, that's an actual option. Yeah, you get yeah. to visit a lot of different places. Mm -hmm. Or like someone who does like international business or whatever. It's like whether like your your actual primary job is like what your ultimate goal is. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter as long as like you're you're incorporating your true desire desire into into it somehow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're saying manifest, Patrick. <laughs> I guess no that's not I'm not saying that, no but. but I get what you're getting at with the point of the thought exercise with the idea being like what if you could be doing anything what would you be doing okay if you have an answer now it's on you to sort of like you know fill the gap between mm -hmm. where you are now and where, where you want to go. go kind of thing which yeah. is why it's like an interesting thing because in my case it's like when I think about it it's like okay create shit it's like well I've got the like movie avenue of, you know, getting a job in the film industry and like hopefully slowly but surely working my way up some sort of ladder to maybe get to a point where I can like, you know, work on other cool shit, but like hopefully get my own cool shit made. Or like, you know, I talk about it all the time, but like the idea of being able to write comic books is a thing where it's like, okay, well, if I want to actually be able to do that, I have to start taking some of the like, you know, dozens of fucking ideas I have and actually picking one at least to start to focus on, then developing it, then writing it, then like, you know, pursuing it in a way and looking for artists and all that shit. So it's like there's different, you know, it's not necessarily a straight line. It is a tree branch of sorts mm -hmm. with lots of, you know, branching paths. And it's just a, like... You know, it's interesting thinking about what those options are and how you would achieve your dreams. Mm. To me, Making to me, a video game, maybe. <laughs> mm. To me, I just feel like, even if I was like a million percent sure about what my calling is, it's like, to me, what the beautiful thing about life is that it, it's just about you going down a path and then you're, you're following your own like will, like what you want. And then if that changes, that's okay. Mm. So it's like, as long as you're, the, the worst thing you could be doing is not trying stuff mm -hmm. and just kind of staying idle because 
then you're or gonna even go being th- inauthentic. Sure, because then you're gonna go nowhere. Yeah. Like, but if you're if you're genuinely like, okay, I'm I'm gonna follow my interests genuinely, and if it leads you to a good place, sure, great, you've done it. If it doesn't, then you just pivot and then try something else. And it's mm-hmm. like, as long as you're going out there and putting yourself out there and trying stuff, it's like, you'll find something that you really like at some point. Mm-hmm. Whether yeah, so. Yeah. Okay. Um. Good talk, guys, and uh, Adriano. Thank you for the inspiration. We love you. Thank you, Adriano. We love you. So, Maddie, your your calling is fuck bitches get money. Mm-hmm. All right, okay. pretty well, much. Take us away then with this next topic. Mm-hmm. And if money wasn't an issue, just fuck bitches. Whoa. <laughs> Let's go. I'm so sorry, Varsh. Um, so I'd like to t- steer us back to a slightly more lighthearted thing, and I apologize uh, in advance of this topic because this is probably the kind of topic that I should have like told you guys about beforehand Uh-oh. and given you time oh, to think no. about. Uh, but I, I hate you. So I was in, much. I I was normally, I know what I want to talk about going into the show like hours in advance, but today was one of those rare days where I just wasn't really sure. And I kind of thought of a new topic idea earlier today, like a couple hours ago that I was like, Oh, this would be interesting to talk about. And then I was like sitting here before we if started it requires rolling. me to think on my feet. I hate you Go on. Uh, a little bit. Um, I want to talk about something that is personally very interesting to me, uh, and that is video game design. Okay. Now, this is sort of a broad-ranging thing, but I just kind of wanted to get into, like, the philosophy behind how certain games are designed and also, like, certain video game mechanics and, like, some of your like favorite... Like Bethesda, for example, like their philosophy? Sure, that would be like a more philosophical example, but like just the design ideas behind games or like certain mechanics or like tricks and things that games do that like stick out to you guys is interesting. I have some primers here uh, that I wrote down uh, a little earlier while we were recording just to kind of like get your guys ahead in the game of what I'm thinking about and also examples I think work worth talking about. Uh, for example, uh, you know, I'll save that one. I'll talk about one we all know. Web swinging mm-hmm. in Spider-Man, mm. I think, is such a simple mechanic that obviously it's a Spider-Man game. It's going to have swinging. And I know there are other open world games. Like, I'm talking specifically the PS4 Spider-Man. But we could broaden it out to, like, you know, the Spider-Man 2 video game or, like, my beloved Ultimate Spider-Man. And it's, like, specifically in Spider-Man, the PS4 one, like, you know, with what modern technology allows you to do. I think is such an interesting way in which movement in video games is usually one of the like least interesting things about a video game, especially in like an open world game like that. Like you think about a game like Red Dead Redemption 2 and it's like, you know what, like the least interesting part about Red Dead 2 is riding from point A to B on your fucking horse. Mm-hmm. Like it's really not. And that's also like a rock star problem of like even Grand Theft Auto. It's like, all right, we're going to drive from point A to B. It's like there's not really much to that and then you think about a game like spider-man where it's like you know what kind of one of the best parts about spider-man ps4 is just swinging around new york and how Mm. like fast and kinetic and like Mm. fun it is to just just moving in that game also like grounded too it feels like it's it doesn't feel like over the top it doesn't feel like you're flying because you don't want to feel like you're just like straight up flying yeah you're not you want to feel like the weight of like the the momentum swinging and like the weight and then like releasing at the right time and like flinging yourself yeah so it's just a thing to me where it's like that is a design that is a design idea and a game mechanic where they take movement which Mm. again in a lot of games isn't 
like fun or a core part of it and they turned it into mm. something fun and interesting and that like you want to be doing like put it this way i never fast travel when i'm playing spider-man when i'm playing other open world games and i need to get from point a to point like, b like, like far cry yes i'm hitting that fucking fast travel every single time spider-man is one of those games where it's like i never fast travel at all mm. because i would rather swing yeah from point a to b sure kind of thing so there's a little primer for you uh i have others here that I can rattle off now, Patrick. These next two will be slightly uh, you, less familiar to can you. Can I ask since... you? Are you are you are you throwing out specific game mechanics from specific games, or just general game mechanics? I think if there are general broad ones you wanted to toss out, I think that is totally fair and acceptable to me. Right now, I'm just kind of narrowing it down to specific ones. Uh, the Leviathan Axe. I was literally from about the to most say recent that. God of War games. Oh Patrick, my god! I know you have not dude. played yet. It's Thor's hammer. <laughs> the a- yeah, it? it's basically Thor's hammer. The axe is such a dude. What a brilliant weapon! What a brilliant implementation! Just throwing it, the subtle little vibration in the controller when it and when it catches. If it clinks on other metal, you can hear the metal noise and you can feel the little vibration, like a ding, and it, and it vibrates. And then when you click it, you can f- you feel like your your controller shake. And then when you catch it, it kind of like boom, like a controller does like a little like vibration. Speaking of vibration, my mom's calling me. What perfect time? Can we? Can we? What do we do? <laughs> I, I mean, just answer. Just answer. I guess. Anyways, there you go. Thanks, Parks Bomb. But, yeah, um, like, but like catching it again, like throwing it and catch, because I feel like that that game mechanic could be gimmicky and feel like shitty. Sure. But it's done so well, and it feels like there's weight to it. Same with the Spider-Man thing. It could feel it could feel very over the top, and like it just kind of. But the way the Leviathan acts like sticks into wood, mm-hmm. and the way like. It kind of like scratches materials mm-hmm. and like, or bounces off and kind of like, the physics looks so real where it bounces and it kind of like still it goes still for a second and it falls like, I don't know. It just feels so weighty and weighty and real. And it's like a thing of like there are tons and tons and tons and tons of like great fun to use video game weapons, mm. but it's like the axe sticks out from a mechanical perspective yes. and again a design perspective of like this is so wonderfully implemented and like mm. adds so much to the game um the other one i was going to toss out there and i have more to toss out but just quickly and then i can pass it to you guys if you have if hopefully your gears are turning uh and i haven't put you two on the spot here this is another one patrick i apologize but in ghost of tsushima oh the God. open world samurai game they implemented a wonderful fantastic uh design element slash mechanic where if you want to navigate in the world there aren't, from what I remember, there oh, aren't man. waypoints. Mm-mm. You can set markers on the map, like in an open world game, but it's not GTA where you set the marker and like a yellow line this shows is, up on is, your map so telling cool. you where to go. This is so cool. All it really gives you is a marker that mm-hmm. you can like see on your compass or your map or whatever. And it gives you like, you know, the meter thing of like, how far away are you? Like the little number thing that like a lot of open world games have but if you want like to be guided in terms of where to go all you do on the ps uh well four or five remote is you just swipe on the touchpad and the wind blows like in the direction visibly like you you're supposed to be yeah. going like you'll see the wind blowing through the trees and, and the like leaves. leaves and grass gets like kicked up and shit in the breeze and it's just such a like so sick simple immersive like way of guiding the player that yeah. isn't as obvious as like go here go right here this is exactly you, where you, you should be things. going and how you, to get you know, there you know what i didn't hate too i feel like you probably didn't like this but i kind of liked it in the game that i was playing like where 
I kind of enjoyed in Bioshock Infinite, you'd click a button and then it would be like just an arrow on the ground. Infinite, I think, did it in a very, they basically did it the way Dead Space kind of does it. Like I said earlier, we're going to get to Dead Space in a second. Uh, And even Infinite to me is a step up because it's like Bioshock. The entire time you are playing Bioshock, there is that yellow bobbing arrow at the top of the screen pointing you like where to go. Whereas Infinite, yeah, there is no indication of where you need to go. If you want an indication, you tap like down on the D-pad or whatever, and the green arrow pops up on the floor. And what I like and about it, it disappears after a couple. It, seconds. it like fades away. And what exactly. I like about it is that it's like very subtle. It's not like a very bright color. They made it. They made it a very like, very pale green. It's like kind of hard to see it almost sometimes. And if you click it, it'll like, it doesn't just like go go here. It's not like a straight arrow. It's like it'll draw an arrow. It'll like if you have to curve left, it'll you click it and then it goes. Like whoosh, and then it'll just like draw an arrow curving left, and then it'll fade away. Exactly, and it's up to you to use. You don't have to use it. Like you don't have you to. You can use just explore, it. and then you'll find the main mission at some point. Two things. Mm. First thing is you've saddened me because you were revealing to me how much I've missed, how much I haven't played, <laughs> and how much I want to play. Mm. I think I found my answer for my calling. <laughs> <laughs> play video games. Um, second thing is I think I understand. What you're because I was so confused for the first game design, yes. You're you're, you're asking us to brainstorm unique game mechanics that we certain game mechanics or philosophies again. Like, one example that would be more philosophical thing, please. Well, I brought up Bethesda already. Whenever I play a Bethesda game, they do so good in making a world, yes, that like I feel a part of and it's just teeming with life. And possibility. Yes. To put broadly. Like, for example, Skyrim. I love Skyrim because of, like, all the, like, freedom you have or whatever. But also the world. Like, literally, I love the characters. Mm. And just interacting, like, in the different cities. It's... You know what I'll... Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'll say, too? I think a game... I don't know if this is a game mechanic, really. But it's just kind of... Maybe it's more philosophical. But, like, certain games that have constant dialogue. Like... Mm. When I play Uncharted, I love it so much because even if you're walking around from point A to point B, like you and, and Sully are having a conversation or, you know, he's talking to Elena or whatever. Like there's like conversations that are just going on. Mm-hmm. And it's like, even if it's something mundane going on, like you're just climbing, they'll be having conversations and they're so well voiced, the characters and the conversations are actually interesting and they're well written. So it's like having that going on is like really helpful mm-hmm. like same thing same thing with red red dead sometimes you'd be riding with someone and even though it's kind of a boring point a to point b horse ride you're like engaged with what the conversation is it right. was just really good they use the, lore the, and narrative yeah. and plot to like some, fill in because the, the same thing with uncharted climbing in uncharted is whatever sure but it becomes interesting when you're listening to them talk about shit yeah, yeah and and i think it's just like some games don't have that and when i have when i play a game that doesn't have that it's really missed because i'm right. just like just just going to, from point A to point B and I'm just like, you know, almost kind of like going to a trance of just like boredom. Just like, yeah. oh, I'm just going it's here. It's just silent. Sure, yeah. I think Assassin's Creed is kind of like that. Oh, like the silence? Yeah. Well, because you're, you're like an assassin. You're by yourself. You're going from, you're That's trying right. to find the, yeah. That's right. Yeah, and in term like another thing that you just, you even made me think of in terms of like the constant, not constant, but like having dialogue and just things going on. Not that Bioshock invented it. I mean, System Shock before it and I think I'm sure other games had it, but just the idea of audio logs in video games Love it. is like such a brilliant mechanic to me in Bioshock where it's like... Because it's optional. Because but... A, it's optional. I think it's pretty goddamn integral, but it's like you look at a game like Control, which is such a weird, dense 
like lore rich game that I know so little about because all of it is in like text documents that you mm. find in the world. And it's like, I'm not reading a fucking Shakespeare's play sure. or two worth of like reading while I'm playing control. I want to go back to flying around and throwing boulders with my mind. <laughs> Whereas in Bioshock, it's the thing of like, you can keep doing all this cool gameplay shit while the story is being presented to you. And like, even I was watching some interview with Ken Levine, the director of Bioshock and infinite, uh, not too long ago where he talked about like, what an interesting writing exercise those audio logs were because it's like the idea is they all have to be like about a minute long, which means you have like about a hundred words and you have to write like it puts you in a very interesting writing place because it's like the limitations force you to be very like every word counts kind of thing and you don't have time to like ramble on kind of thing like they need to be these concise to the point while also being like effective things and interesting and engaging and all the shit and like make you want to yeah. listen to the next one and keep finding you know, them and keep getting things. I, I replayed Infinite recently and I loved the, the fact that you could play the audio log when you pick it up and then you can click the down button to just replay the most recent audio log. Yeah. So if you, sometimes I'm in an intense moment, I, don't, I, I miss it. I'm like, mm. shit, I was kind of like focused on like not dying here for a second. <laughs> and then when I get to a quiet place, I just click the down button and it replays the most recent one and I just listen to it. Yeah. B, sometimes you can just open the menu and you can read the transcription. Like you can read the written word, mm. which is cool. Yeah, gonna, you can get like a text version if yeah. you want it. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes I like I just like reading it and yeah. it's cool. But I, I, I love that sort of stuff where like, like you said, for Bioshock, it's like it's pretty important to gain context. It's not going to you're not going to be lost if you don't listen to them. But you, you understand a lot more if you listen to them, you know? Yeah. It's a really I think cool mechanic. Yeah. I would argue it's one like it's pretty damn integral. Yes, you could play through all of the first game without any of the audio logs, but I think you'd be missing so much. Uh, but to Patrick's point, too, about the, like, Bethesda design, that is something that I think is such an interesting philosophy that has been, like, I think carried on and bettered as time has gone on. Because, mm -hmm. like, people, people always talk about, like, Fallout 3, like the moment early within the first like hour of the game of when you leave vault 101 for the first time and it is just stepping out into the wasteland and like especially in 2008 it being a big deal before open world games are like so dominant just the thing of like holy shit i really can't go anywhere in this like world now like you've just set me loose mm -hmm. into this playground kind of thing and i think that's the philosophy that's been carried on and bettered by games like elden ring where people talk about like here you go. And like most recently with uh, Tears of the Kingdom, where it's like how much freedom there is in that game. And it's like playing Breath of the Wild, a word I never would have like thought to associate with Breath of the Wild would be like constrained. But playing Tears of the Kingdom, it's like, holy shit, like people thought Breath of the Wild was this like, go anywhere you want. Yeah, that mountain in the distance, you can climb it kind of thing. It's like people said that shit about Breath of the Wild. And I think Tears of the Kingdom topped even that of like it really is a like true freedom like there's so much room for like the player to fill in the blanks mm -hmm. and it's like people talk about with like the mechanics they give you of like building shit or fusing mm -hmm. weapons or like the thing that lets you fly through ceilings and whatever it's like there are so many times playing tears of the kingdom where it's like i'm trying to get somewhere or i'm like doing a shrine and it's like yeah this shrine was designed with like here's how you complete the puzzle but it's like I just figured out how to do it some other way and basically broke it wide open. Mm -hmm. And it was like just as satisfying 
to like figure it out yeah. on my own and break it apart kind of thing. Yeah. I'd like to point out it's a fine line though mm. because it can get to a point where, and it hasn't gone to this point yet, at least with regards in my opinion to Bethesda, but it's a fine line in that it can be too much. Right. And we were talking about this with Starfield the other day. Yes. Where it seems like they are really pushing the line here. And like, you know, it, 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 it looks as if it's going to be overwhelming, but I don't know. Bethesda usually I, nails it. I yeah. get, I get what you mean because to me, it's like I, I personally prefer more linear games in general. I love open world games. Like Far Cry Three is one of my favorite games ever, and it's a pretty open world game. But yeah. like, to me, I like more guided stories. And when I think about a game mechanic that I really like, one that naturally I've been thinking of, like when you brought up this topic, I thought of a couple. But there's one that I th- I've, I noticed even as like a you know teenager playing Uncharted, which is like there are certain like chase sequences or something where like you're running down a hall and like the camera pivots slightly to the right. And so, you know, you got to go right. And there's like, mm-hmm. it feels very natural and instinctive. Like you just like, you're, I'm like, it's like a really fast, intense chase sequence. And you're, you're jumping from this building to this building, then this rooftop. And then you're turning here and you're, you're squeezing in between this ledge here. And it's like, all of it is like so well orchestrated and constructed that it feels natural. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, you're, sometimes like, there would be like every once in a while where I'd like die in a chase sequence. I'd be like, shit, I wasn't really clear where I was supposed to go for a second. Mm-hmm. But 99.9% of the time it was so perfectly done that I was like, I just knew where to go because mm-hmm. of the camera angles that they were like slight and they were very subtle sometimes, like a very slight turn and you'd, okay, I mean, I'm going this way. And then there would be like, you'd be running and there's like two paths and then like an enemy starts to come out of one path. So you instinctually, your brain goes, turn, turn, go right, pivot right because he's coming from the left. And then you just like, I like that kind of, game mechanic of like being guided naturally through a path Mm. yeah well i was gonna say too because you just made me think of with the naughty dog thing i remember when i was like trying to play the last of us with my mom and we didn't get far into it and we just fucking watched the show anyways when it came out and she loved (laughs) it. great show um was like watch that show dude like me trying to like tell her things about game design where i'm like because a lot of times i'm playing games and my mom's like if she's watching me for five seconds, she always asks the question of like, how do you know where to go? Yeah. And when I'm like playing Zelda, I'm like, well, it's really up to me where I want to go. But like, she'll watch me play things and be like, how do you know where the fuck you're supposed to go next? And like, when we were playing last of us, I was telling her, I was like, what they did with, last of us one specifically, what Naughty Dog did with it. I was like, yellow is their guiding color. She's like, what do you mean? And I like would give her examples. I was like, okay, well, we're standing in like an area early in the game right now. Mm-hmm. Where do you think we're supposed to go? And I would sort of just pan the camera around like 360, the environment. And she'd look and she'd be like, well, that ledge there has like yellow paint on the wall. Mm. I'd be like, there you go. I'd be like, that's what they did with Last of Us. Even in the beginning of the game when you're Joel running with Sarah away from the mm. clickers and shit. And that final kind of stretch where you like run down there towards the bridge. Yeah, There's gap in the wall sure but there's yellow caution tape blowing mm. in the wind mm. that is put there specifically to catch your eye and be like mm. oh, i'm probably supposed to go that way i didn't even notice that but to me it just felt natural where i was supposed to go maybe that was an unconscious thing that I. but just that's noticed. the thing where it's like it's not supposed to be obvious it's it is supposed to just be like a oh the yellow sticks out so it's like there's there. something well also like i feel like a lot of the times it'll be like that the visual cue whether it's unconscious or not like it's unconscious for me and then also the, the the what the what the characters are saying right like tommy would be like 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 alleyway on your right and he'll say like go into your go into the alleyway on your right or whatever or he'll say like oh like like or you'll be just following someone that's easier or if they like just like mention where the area what the area looks like like oh by, by the truck over there and you're like well which truck and then you you, uncon- you you kind of see that 
symbol, that yellow thing mixed with the, there's like multiple cues pointing you there. And I just love how they, they, I didn't even realize they did that, but that's so cool that they have all these different things pointing to that one direction. Yeah. Like for anybody who actually gives a shit, I would just say like replay or just even like watch the first few hours of last of us at some point mm. and just like pay attention to it's like yellow is their color every time you need to climb or like a lot of times you need to climb a ledge and it's like there's yellow paint on it or like a bar you need to climb is a yellow pipe sticking out see, of a see, wall same with uncharted there's a lot of like there's a lot of color stuff and or there's also like a lot of like like I remember in the originals, I think there were, I think yellow was a thing too. I don't remember if it was yellow, but there would be like certain bars that you'd see that you're like, oh, I know I can climb onto that. Right. I don't remember what, it, I don't remember what it was about it that made you feel like you could just climb onto it. But I remember you just getting like habitually just being like, oh, that kind of ledge, that lo- that kind of look of a ledge is what one I can climb. Right. So that, um, what the hell was I going to say? Yeah. So it's just, I just, like I said before, as we go out here and then I'll get to my last one, uh, unless you guys have more you want to rattle off. I just have one that I need to mention. Please. Go ahead. Oh, now? Yeah, yeah why not? Yeah, uh, I feel like we would be silly if we didn't mention the slide in first-person shooters. Mm. That one, That's a that, that was a game changer. Mm. Literally a game changer. You know, I, I, it, I it just made it, it just made it flow so much better. And in multiplayer, it was just one of those things where it just, even out of multiplayer, just mm. I remember playing like, a, the campaign for the first time they introduced it in Call of Duty, I think, or Titanfall too, or Titanfall. It just works. It's just like yeah, I'm feels, running. It's it like smooth. intense. Yeah, it feels smooth and it's also like it matches like the energy of the game kind of thing. Like, More oh, fast paced. Fast paced. Thank you. That's what I'm yeah. looking for. And and to me, like one that I really like that that you reminded me of mm. is um one that they introduced. Not this probably wasn't the first game that did it. Was it for the sure? Hook? What the hook? No, I was thinking of in The Last of Us Part Two. And Matt, you probably know where I'm going with this. Maybe. It's like being able to lie completely prone, oh. like flat on the ground, mm. an army crawl like under a car. Like there'll be a tr- like a random mm-hmm. like destroyed truck, yeah. And you can literally army crawl and go un- and hide under the truck, and people are walking by. And then when they leave, you just army crawl out and get up. Mm. Or you could like, um, and th- and there's like a lot of verticality in the game too. You could just yeah. climb, climb trucks, climb this ledge, and get onto the the th- fourth floor of the building or whatever. Yeah. So when 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 I was playing in that game, I was like, "This is so cool" because I feel like, and you know, in so many games, you'd go up to a door and it'd be like, even in Spider Man, like there'd be so many different places, and it's like you walk up to the door and you can't open it. Like ninety nine percent of the doors are unopenable. Yeah. And so it just kind of feels like it feels a little bit faky. But with like with Last of Us Two, yeah, there are a lot of doors that you can't open and shit. But like, I felt like I can go way to way more places than I, I you know, than a lot of other games. Yeah. I felt like I can go to very low places. I can go to very high places. I could like, I didn't think I could do that. Well, and I could lay down prone and like snipe and then get up and crawl under there and like it's so cool well you're reminding me of an example of bad game design when it's like anytime you're playing a first person shooter yeah and if like it's you know anytime you're playing like even a third person game anytime you're playing a video game and you're in a room and there's a staircase with a fucking couch blocking it yeah it's like can't go that way it's like exactly it's like as if this couch would stop anybody in real life from like getting up this set of stairs they needed to go up it'd be like in last of us it'd be like a a staircase and then it would be like kind of like crumbled a little bit Mm -hmm. like you can probably make that jump (laughs) you can probably fear like grab a plank or something this is this is less common but um uh, a mechanic in which the map changes mid-game and Mm. what i'm referring to specifically one of the coolest moments i ever had in a multiplayer shooter 
Battlefield 4 mm-hmm. in that map with the tower. Oh, like, I'm, oh I'm dude, the, skyscraper. The, yeah, 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 the skyscraper. I'm at the top of the tower. I remember the first time playing in that map. Yeah. And I get a, a, a an both, both an audio and like mm. the soldier being like, oh, like you have to get out. It's going to get destroyed. And like the alarm. Yeah. And I remember running. Jumping into a helicopter. Breaking, <laughs> br- not even jumping into a helicopter. Breaking the window and then like pulling my mm. chute and like turning and the yeah the, the tower Dude, just that game explodes is so sick. Yeah. and falls apart and then it's just like a different map now like yeah. it's the same map but no it's the building destroyed you know what i mean i love that yeah, yeah. it's also, so good another they, yeah another one that's not really connected to that and i'm back to the last of us too yeah <laughs> there's a really sick mechanic that you have to you have to play patrick because i know Matt, maddie's played it obviously but yeah. um if someone is like going to melee attack you like an enemy you could literally like lean dodge so it's not like a it's not like a, a dodge roll mm. where it kind of to me feels like a little bit over the top if someone goes to swing at you you're like you're not gonna do a full roll away it's not some dark souls yeah. shit. but mm-hmm. like in the last of us someone will go like swipe down at you and you can do like this dodge thing where you just like and and this is not gonna be good for audio but i just you go like this <laughs> like if someone goes to you go like this you lean you lean like, one you way like, you like that. I, yeah. f- I think this is gonna be an episode where i'm inserting lots of images and Dude, yeah, clips like, just throw, for some of the game stuff we're throw, talking about throw it throw a clip in here like she ellie ellie getting stabbed in. and like going to get stabbed and like she jukes she out of the like way leans, yeah. you can lean out of the way and like counter and like it just mm. feels so sick i feel like that's cool that mechanic in that game could be applied to a really good boxing game the mm. way you like slightly like juke and jive and get out of a punt and get out of a hit uh it's called punch out (laughs) um yeah that's i was gonna say too to patrick's thing about like i appreciate a good map change in a game whether it is like a smaller multiplayer thing like that or the example i always think of is uh i want to say uh castlevania symphony of the night was the first castlevania game to do it but like the idea that like you could beat symphony of the night and get like the sort of bad ending but if you did the secret shit it would unlock the second map where it's the entire, and it's like this big ass Metroidvania. It's the entire castle map, but inverted upside down. Mm. And you would then have to go through all that again to like get the true ending and whatever the fuck. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like, I appreciate a good map change. Uh, the last two I will toss out one's broad across many games, and then the other is a specific part of a specific game, uh, which I've only, you know, teased twice now. Um, grappling hooks mm. put them in every game back Dude, to the un- spider-man point. Unchar- uncharted 4 uncharted so 4 sick. grappling hook doom yeah. eternal grappling hook halo infinite Titan- grappling Titanfall hook. 2 Titanfall Titan 2 yeah you shoot, it, you, shoot it, you shoot it out and it could stick to like the top of a building and you zip line there yeah. I don't or, know, or it could be like a more of like a swinging one I don't know what it is in video games but there is something that never ever ever gets old about just attaching a grappling hook to something mm-hmm. and either pulling yourself there or just swinging Dude, and using your momentum no game like there's something about it that's just endlessly cool and but appealing but i dare i dare you to tell me that there's a, a game that did it better and more realistic than uncharted 4 because like <laughs> whipping it like kind of like twirling it and on your side throwing it and then you hearing it clink on the thing and it hooks onto it and you jump and again like similar to like the swinging mechanic in spider-man you feel the weight and then you feel and then you start to pick up speed when you hit down and then you like can let go at the right time or you could just like swing back right and like just I don't know. I it, love it feels that. it feels so crazy real, and I feel like there's no game that has that with, with, with uh, Doom. I was gonna bring up Doom Eternal, where it's, it's like that's it's, such a fun grappling. It's hook really to use. it's really fun, but it's more like cartoony of like yeah, you shoot it's way and then more, you like go straight to it. Yeah, like, it's way more like gamified, yeah. but like the, just the thing of like when you would because you could only get it on the double barrel shotgun, which is mm. perfect. But like firing it at some demon far away and just Pong. zipping right up to his face and blasting him mm. is always so much fun. Or like you could kind of use your momentum to swing yourself. Like sure. if there wasn't any 
enemy far away that you sniped and like got him to the glowing state where you could go do like the special execution using the grappling hook on one enemy and like using them to propel yourself forward faster to that glowing enemy so that you could get to him and like you know mm. do the special execution to get your health bonus or whatever the fuck like it's just put grappling hooks and everything every time i see a game and it adds or there's like a game like i don't know when it was uncharted 4 or doom internal and it's like hey the first the game from before but mm. with grappling hooks and yeah. it's always like it's just perfect so yeah. just game designers developers if you're out there keep putting uh grappling hooks in uh the last one i wanted to uh go into here now i know neither of you have played this uh but i do have a reference picture here uh and it's a game that everybody should play especially now that it's just been remade as of this year dead space i played the first scenes of it ui or user interface for the layman is something in video games that i think is often overlooked and people don't really think about bad ui until it hits them in the face for example Anytime I'm playing a console game, like I don't play Destiny, but I know Destiny is an example of it. But anytime I'm playing a console game and – oh, don't worry. I'm going to break this picture down for you guys in a second. Anytime I'm playing a console game and I'm navigating through a menu with a fucking mouse cursor, mm. I want to put an ice pick through my brain. Yeah. Don't do that, UI designers. Overcluttered UI, terrible, just ugly looking like – can you define UI for the audience? User like interface, menus meaning? and like, or like if health you're playing game, like your stuff. health bars and like all that, like just ammo on the bottom, whatever. The stuff, mm. yeah, like those kind of things in Vigima games. Dead Space. That's so sick. To me, is arguably one of, if not the greatest examples of doing UI the right way because they did it in a way. Let me back up. Nowadays, there are a lot of games that, from a UI perspective, pride themselves on like the minimalist look or there's even like settings like, in games now yeah. where you can set the ui to like lower like in tears of the kingdom i just have it set on normal so like my mini map is always in the bottom right corner and like my health and shit is always in the top left but you could set it in a way where like you could turn the map off kind of thing or like, ghost like if you the, wanted the tr yeah. ghost was the same thing Go ghost was like default minimal yeah like where you could kind of like adjust it so that you could have like more ui or less ui to kind of like you know, if you wanted to navigate the world more naturally rather than having, like, you know, a map and a compass kind of thing. Even a game like Last of Us 2, it's, like, one little white circle for your health bar and, yeah. like, an ammo counter. And that's basically your entire I, I, I love how clean... HUD. It feels... I love that, too, because you get to experience... You get to see more of the world. You're seeing more of the game. It's more immersive. It's supposed to be more cinematic. There's a million reasons for doing it. What I think is so infinitely effortlessly and will never get old about Dead Space's UI is that it is built into the game. Now, this image, which I will throw up on screen for you uh, wonderful viewers, is Isaac Clark, the gentleman you play as, uh, in the middle of fighting a necromorph. Nasty little bugger. <laughs> Everything on Isaac's suit and the guns and weapons he uses is the UI. There is no other UI in the game other than what you are seeing right now. Now, the obvious one is the gun he is holding. The ammo counter is built into the gun, so it's like the 12 rounds what? in his gun. On the back of the suit, there is the blue line going like from sort of that's the, the health middle bar? of his back all the way up. That's the health bar. Bro, that's so sick. So when you take damage in the game, that goes it down. starts to go down, and wow. when it gets kind of in the middle, it's like yellow, and then as it gets really low, it's like red kind of thing. What's this half circle on there? 
the half circle one is for you get this ability in the game called stasis which is basically it just lets you like temporarily freeze an mm. enemy kind of thing that's a freezing bar and so it's like the energy meter for that and it's so brilliant because it's like the x it's like one of those things where it's like if you think about it and ask about it where it's like so why is there a big glowing blue bar on the back of this guy's suit well, he's an engineer. It's in its and it's his suit kind of thing. And the idea is, it's like it's your vital signs in mm-hmm. essence is what it's indicating to you. Why is there the blue half circle on his back too? Well, it's to know he has the much visual indicator left. for mm-hmm. him to know how much energy he's got left in the thing. Why does the bullets for the gun instead of showing up in like the bottom corner of the screen? Why do they pop up over the gun? Because if he was using that gun, it's like the fucking pulse rifle in Aliens, where mm-hmm. it has the little ammo counter on the side. It's like in real life, if you were using a space sci-fi gun like mm-hmm. this, you would want the ammo, yeah. you know, in a way where you could clearly see, oh, I've mm-hmm. got this many bullets left. That's and so that's cool. why it pops up. So it's like Dead Space that. to me is such a brilliant example of doing UI. Have you played the, have you played the remake? I have not played the I remake play yet. So I want to play it. I have it. Like I've paid for it because it was on sale a little while ago. It was like 20 is bucks Is it still on off. sale? It might be now because there's like a million Ship has sailed, PlayStation. Right. I, I want it so there's bad. There's like a million I've PlayStation never played, I've never, sales going on. I've never played it, but they like fully remade it, so I want, yeah. I want it so bad. I would just check look the PlayStation beautiful, look, store. Look how beautiful it looks. I mean, that's an ugly little creature. No, there. but I'm saying the <laughs> graphics are beautiful. It's like a 20-year-old game or whatever. No? Exactly. So yeah. yeah, well, like it was like early 2000, like six or yeah, seven or something like, like that. Yeah. So it's getting there. But um, yeah, it's just to me an example of like incorporating UI into the game world and just making it this like seamless thing where it's like you're never really thinking about it. and again like i mentioned earlier in dead space if you want to know first of all if you pull up like your menus or the map it's kind of like in the arkham games where they're like holograms mm. that emit i can't remember if it's like from his helmet or his wrist or something but it's like so that when you're looking at the map it's not like a menu it's like isaac's mm. looking at the map kind mm-hmm. of thing and even oh, when you do do you remember in uncharted sorry to interrupt remember in uncharted when they introduced like in uh, lost legacy when they introduced a map like yes. you, you pull up it's like Chloe's map, and you pull it out, and then it zooms in, and it's, you see her hands. Yes, mm-hmm. so it's like can, Chloe's like, looking it, at the map. It's just and, like the pit boy in Fallout. Yes, mm. exactly. And then in the map, you can like use Chloe's hand and like finger around, and then be like, and you, and then you select the place, and you're like, is that it? And she taps it, mm. and it's like, or like in, um, uh, what else? And even in in like the original games with like the notebook, you like yeah. flip through and you can mm. you can turn the page with your That's hand. Right. Yeah, mm. and it's like having the notebook is just infinitely more cool and immersive than sure. just having a fucking menu that yeah. you're flipping That's through. Kind of it's the same thing with the Pit Boy and Fallout. Um, and what I had mentioned earlier with Dead Space is Dead Space has the same like guidance thing that Bioshock has, where it's like if you want to know what direction you're going in, mm. Isaac literally just kind of like holds his hand out over the floor and like a blue line showing the way mm. temporarily pops up and then it fades away after a few seconds. And again, it's like an in-world thing of like navigating he's things. on this spaceship that he has never been on before and doesn't know his way around. So he's using the suit and like the map and all the shit he's got to find his way around. So it's like, yeah, in the future, mm. how would you navigate your way around? Oh, this like, you know, AR whatever like line appears on the floor telling him where to go but aside and from, then that's it aside from it's incredible that they did it in a way that makes sense still for the game mm-hmm. and then but then to me besides all of that even if it didn't really make sense why there, he has x y and z it just looks so much nicer than having like this ugly bar at the top and then like ammo on the bottom and exactly here, it's most like, games the top left would be this blue health bar kind of thing yeah but the fact that it's built into the suit just like and you can see the top of the in this picture you can see the top here you can like look at the ceiling you could look at like the, the, the corners and all this stuff hanging off the side like yeah that. and it's just like nothing nothing about the game's ui gets in your way it's mm. all built into the world whether you're in the menus looking at a map or you're 
items, whether it's built into his suit with like the health or the energy thing or the ammo on the gun. It's mm. just all such a seamless thing, and it's just it's beautiful. It's brilliant. It's game design. It's game design. I am tired and sleepy. Uh, yes. It's late here, and we've got. Can I throw one more do. thing? Please. Crafting. I like crafting in certain games. I think mm. Last of Us does it really well. Or, Minecraft. Or, and same with. Uh, Shout out Minecraft. And I really like the way actually Horizon does it, where you kind of like you have a wheel of crafting stuff, and you just mm. have to you have to collect the proper ingredients, and then you just hold over it and just craft it. Last last one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The sound design in Star Wars Battlefront 2. Oh, yeah. Oh, my Amazing. God. Bro, are you kidding me? The, the blasters. The, 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 what's that bomb called? The um, Oh, the one that implodes. Like the thermite ones. Yeah, the thermite bomb. Yep, 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 yep. And the TIE Fighters and like the like the TIE Fighter, like the... Battlefront 2, re- like honestly, they... The lasers and... They nailed it. Sounds so good. I feel like I'm in Star Wars. It's almost cheating because, yeah, it's like it is just like... Yeah. The library of Star Wars sound yeah. effects put into a game, yeah. so it's almost kind of like cheating. We love games. We love video games. Um, Please like, comment, and subscribe. Thank you so again. much. <laughs> Thank Please. you. Anyways, uh, yeah, we're all sleepy and have things to do tomorrow, so we're going to get up on out of here. Um, but thank you very much once again for tuning in to Wildly Adequate. Uh, as Mark just mentioned, please like, share, subscribe, check out the socials, hit us up on the TikTok, check out the Instagram, check out the Facebook group, uh, or not a Facebook group, but the Facebook page. Um, I apologize if there was extra like background noise this episode. Oh. We are currently recording in a new space uh, that gets very hot, and we had the window open tonight just to let some air in, mm-hmm. uh, but you might have been able to hear some cars and stuff in the background. Uh, so we'll figure that out as we continue to use this space because we will be continuing to use this space into the future uh, because we've got some fun things dun, dun, planned dun. for the show, which we will hopefully be able to talk about in the not-too-distant future. But anyways, is there anything else you guys would like to say before we get out of here? No. Good night. Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody.